0: Welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. Okay, here's our five petitions. Number one is this, why we're fasting. Number one, as a church body we're communicating to God our great desire for more of Jesus. We must have more of him at any cost. This is the number one reason. This is the sole reason why we are a church. This is the number one priority that we have when we come together. And that is to honor To see, to seek, to serve, to encounter, to love the person of God in the man, Christ Jesus. We must have more of him at any cost. That is exactly why we are fasting. Church, we cannot create a presence culture at the expense of being presence people. All right. I think our culture today, and I don't just mean our church culture, but I think our culture today in general is confused in that they often believe that style equals substance. Church, style does not necessarily equate substance. You can have so much style and have no substance. And yet, on the other hand, substance always has a style, and we recognize it when something new, like a a fresh move of the Spirit We see it in the culture and then you watch as other groups start to imitate the style and then you'll listen to it and you'll recognize the style, but you won't sense or feel that substance. You know what I'm talking about? Like you might be listening to a, uh, uh, you know, worship or prayer video on YouTube and you're like, they're doing all the right things. Like they're doing the vocal runs. They got the organ in there because that's hot right now. They got the organ, you know. They're saying all the right words, but I just don't feel any sauce. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So here's what I don't wanna do, church. I don't wanna create like a present style without any presence substance. So this is the reason why we're fasting. We are not seeking popularity, we're seeking a person. All right? We're not seeking uh, to create or cultivate some type of style of church that Nashville enjoys, we are seeking with our whole hearts, this is why we're fasting, to pursue Jesus and do everything in accordance to the grace he gives us to build his church with him on the basis of his preferences and not ours. So whatever God wants to do over the next 21 days, we volunteer. You want us to fast, Jesus? We'll fast. You want us to sing this song to you, Jesus? We'll sing that song to you. You want to hear that key? We'll play that key. And we all might be bored for a moment, but if it entertains Jesus and if, if it's hospitable to the Holy Spirit, that's what we're playing. I don't know. That's just us. So welcome to church. All right. So here's number two. Uh, as a church body, we're choosing to humble ourselves before God. Through fasting and prayer. And this is our five H culture. You guys remember our five H's? What's number one? Why y'all say it like that? <laughs> they're, they're making fun of me. That's how I say it. Uh, no, number one is, they're not really, but it's, it's holy. Right? We are holy unto the Lord. This is hashtag legacy lifestyle. All right. We're holy unto the Lord. Number two is we're humble. We are humble in our hearts. And that's what we do whenever we fast. This is how we practice and how we cultivate humility. Number three is we're hungry. We're Y'all forgetting on the front row. Come on. We're hungry. We're hungry to do the work. You know what doing the work primarily looks like? We're hungry for souls. Because that's what Jesus is hungry for. That's why we have the Great Commission. How many of you guys know that's not called the Great Suggestion? hallelujah anyhow okay next one as a church body we're preparing together for an unprecedented move of God at Legacy in our fifth year (laughs) on September the 5th which just so happens to be your pastor's 37th (laughs) birthday y'all see how I forgot momentarily how old I was childlike faith amen Um, But it just so happens to also be my birthday, which is going to be so much fun to enjoy that with you guys. Uh, But it is year number five, Uh, biblically, the number five I mentioned in the video, it's the year of great grace. Everybody say great grace, great Great favor favor. and great great power. So we're pursuing Jesus and we're saying, God, we are ready for you to pour out great grace great favor and great power upon this family we're going to position our hearts to receive it next one is this as a church body we're preparing for our conference which seems to now be an annual thing uh presence people may not always be called that but it's called that this fall it's presence people and we're believing god for a great move how many guys got your tickets you're signed up for presence people Literally six people. Okay, so here's the thing. Like, there's no way we can all fit in this room and we're aware of that. The tickets sold out in two hours. If you didn't get one, I'm so sorry. We love you. We have um, established an online platform for the conference that is super cool. There's like live chat. We're even gonna have like a News Channel 5 anchor. Uh, Her name is Bliss. She was up here uh, receiving the tithe and offering today and she's gonna host the conference. There's gonna be like... Uh, behind the scenes interviews uh, with different people. uh, And it's going to be awesome. So if you want to sign up for that, if you don't have a ticket, don't DM me. There is no more tickets. I'm sorry. Okay. So many people have been like, Hey, is there secret tickets? There's not. I wish that there was, but there's not. But we did go ahead and we put a deposit down on an event space next fall that holds 800. So that way our whole church can come. Okay. Chances are, I just kind of feel like we're going to end up getting another space next fall. I'm just, that's what I'm feeling. All the volunteers are like. <laughs> How do you guys know revival is spelled W-O-R-K? But you know what the Lord told me this week? Obedience is spelled R-E-S-T. So in the midst of doing the work, uh, strive that we can enter into that rest. What's that rest? The presence of God, right? That's through prayer. And we're doing that for the next three weeks through fasting as well. So we're believing for a move at our conference church. Next one, please. And this is the last one. We have five. As a church body, we're asking God for guidance, direction, and strategy. We want to be prepped and planning for what's next. Now, I know sometimes when you go to church, you don't, not you guys, other churches for sure, Um, Only joking. But you don't like to hear the pastor talk about like buildings and offerings and all the things that the church has dreams to do. Uh, We're just trying to be practical about what God's building through legacy. And two weeks ago, we had a friend here, a new friend uh, named Pastor John Norman from Soul Church in Norwich, UK. And uh, he came in and spoke to our staff team. He actually stopped by Legacy College as well. And anytime we have a visiting pastor, we make sure they spend time with our staff. And then Allison and I take them for coffee and we say, hey, give us feedback. Genuinely. Our 5-H culture, we want to live that. We want to be humble. Give us feedback. Correct us. Speak into us. Coach us like rookies. All right? We don't want to be veterans. Right? We don't want to be divas. You see something in us that needs a change, speak to it. We're ready to listen. And uh, he said, you need to be looking for a new building. And I looked at him the way all the volunteers looked at me. I said, man, it took us 18 months to have our first service here. And he said, well, it could take you twice as long to do a bigger building somewhere else. So I would suggest that you start looking for it right now. I'm like, John. I don't want to hear that, bro. You know, and, and of course, like, I shared this first service, too, and everybody kind of, like, cheered. Yay! And I'm like, but y'all don't have to have all the conversations. I got to talk to all the people and go to the bank and, like, sign my life away. And uh, they're interviewing me. It feels like an interrogation. I mean, they're very detailed. They want to know what kind of breath mints you use. And, like, it's crazy. <laughs> So this is why we're fasting, okay? Because I need your prayer, we need your prayer and we genuinely want to hear from the Holy Spirit about what he wants to build through this house. If we're supposed to be here for the next two decades, I don't care. I don't, it doesn't matter. I want to be where Jesus wants us to be. And we're sensing and based upon the feedback we're receiving is that we need to be planning and preparing for what's next. So we're gonna do that. If you still love me after that, give me a big thumbs up. You're quiet today, so I'm going to have to get some interaction out of you. I told you I was having a family talk and not preaching and everybody got, eh, okay. I might sneak in a little preaching. All right. <laughs> All right. So this is year five. Season of grace, favor, and power. One heart one soul. That's it right there. Okay. Matthew chapter six. We're going to go to the sermon on the Mount. If you don't mind to stand up, we do a lot of standing and sitting here. Sorry about that. But, um, our fifth H we didn't go through them all. It's holy. It's humble. It's hungry. It's honorable. And the last one is healthy. So the least we can do is get you a little workout while you're here. Okay. Uh, But we stand for the reading of the word in honor of God's truth. And so we're going to read this out together, please, in unity. When you fast, pause. (laughs) Let's say those three words again. When you fast. Did Jesus say, if you fast. Jesus said, y'all read it with me. When you fast, going on, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, stop. We see Jesus reiterating these three little words. Y'all say it with Jesus. When you fast. Fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. The title of the message today is When is Now? When you fast. The title of the sermon today is, When is Now? All right, give three people a high five. Tell them when is now and you can be seated. When is now? Tell them. Come on, tell them. When is now? When is now? That's right. I like that energy. Okay, so let me start with a story. I grew up around a very fasted, uh, father a uh, faster pastor, you know um, my dad uh, he really believes in fasting uh, i I grew up uh, in a holiness pentecostal church, and let me tell you they didn 't have everything right, I can acknowledge that, but they understood the power of God, and I can remember that and so I remember being at the dinner table with my parents, and my mom would you know cook dinner and and we'd sit down and my dad would be at the head of the table and he'd say no thanks I'm good not eating this evening I'm I'm fasting and sometimes that would be scheduled and routine and every now and then that would be spontaneous and circumstantial like hey something's happening at work I'm fasting hey I'm praying for my friend I'm fasting hey I'm believing God for this lost soul to come home I'm fasting And then every now and then it was like, hey, this is just how we kick off October. (laughs) So if you didn't want to hear about fasting, you didn't want to grow up in the Phillips home. All right. Because my dad was always about fasting. And when we would go through hard things as a family, I can remember so many moments where my dad would take me on a walk or we'd be hanging out in the backyard and he would grab me and he'd look at me in the eyes and he'd say, son, don't you forget we're warriors And I remember that like yesterday, man, because we would genuinely be going through stuff where you'd want to quit, you'd want to disqualify yourself, you'd want to self-sabotage. And then he'd pull me to the side and he would remind me, this is our DNA. We're warriors. And he he would say things like, we got the DNA of David. (sighs) This is our family line. You know, that's, that's, you guys wonder where I get it from. It's from Jeff Phillips, man. I'm telling you the truth. And uh, so the opening weekend, when we uh, had our very first service right here in this room, it was so packed and it was legacy weekend. And uh, we were having our first night. It was our opening ceremony. And I was standing over here and I walked around the back to go back there to do something. And my dad was standing here and I thought I would just stop by and say, dad, you know, how do you like this face? You know, because it was like the first or second song during the worship. And I stopped over. I said, hey, hey, Dad, uh, how do you like the space? And he didn't say anything. Just tears welled up in his eyes. And then he grabbed me and said, I'm so proud of you. Look at, look at what God is doing. You know, and he, he's He's crying. You know how sometimes when your parent cries, you just can't help it. Like you have to cry. And then you kind of just want to get away from them. Cause you're like, I'm about to break all the way down. And, um, so I'm like, yeah, dad, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm gonna get back to the father's business now, you know, it's like, um, and, and so I was going to turn around and walk back away. And then he. don't forget. We're warriors. And I'm looking at him in the eye. You know, he's got tears. And I knew I I did know, though, guys, I was having a sacred moment with my pops. I know like that's something I'm going to remember the rest of my life. And when he looked at me in the eye, here's what he said. Here was the grand opening uh, starting day, first service in this new space, presence, people, legacy weekend, event, all this awesomeness is going on around us. And then here's my dad looking at me in the eyes with, you know, tears streaming down his. And he, here's, here's was this is what his advice was. Don't stop fasting. They're literally, right here. Don't stop fasting. I'm like... Okay, dad, you're scaring me. No, I just, um, don't stop fasting. Here's what he said. Most people won't do it, but we will because we're warriors. (laughs) And that's not just for me, okay? That's for us as a family. That is for us as a family. I want to speak over you this morning, church. We're warriors. Chris, we're warriors. Frank, we're warriors. Sean, we're warriors. And that's a little scary being a warrior sometime, isn't it? Because we know it's impossible to be cutting edge and not bleed. We know it's impossible to be a pioneer and not face resistance. And yet this is what we've signed up for as a family. This is the type of community that we are. We'll go where other people, maybe they don't want to go. And we're not judging anybody, but we sign up and we say as a community, God, wherever you're moving, send us there because we must be a part of what you're building. We have to be close to you, God. We don't care where you're moving. We have to go with you. We're like Moses on the mountaintop. If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. What's amazing to me about that moment, I said I wasn't going to preach. I'm doing a fasting talk, but it's already twelve, fourteen. I got to hurry up. Um, but you know what's amazing to me about that moment? Sorry, I'm just going to sneak this in. Then I'm going to go back to the fasting talk is that Moses had some big prophetic words over his life. If you have some big prophetic words over your life, say that's me. Come on. He had some big prophetic words over his life. He was like, I'm going to a promised land. And yet when he was on the mountaintop, he was ready to forsake the promised land if the presence didn't go with him. And I know sometimes we get so obsessed over our prophetic words. We think back on these big promises and we're like, I got to get there. I got to get to that place. I got to occupy that position. Well, not unless the presence goes with you, because unless the presence goes with you, it's not the promised land. That's what Moses realized. He said, man, I don't even want the promised land. I'll stay out here in the wilderness with the same sandals that I've had on for 40 years eating manna, which means what is it? I'm gonna eat some stale cornbread for another 40 years if that means that I get the presence of Jesus. And that's who we are, church. Look at your neighbor right now. Say, we're warriors. Come on, whisper it to him, though. Kind of (laughs) scary. It's a little scary, isn't it? Everybody wants to be a warrior until the time comes to fight. This is one of the reasons why I like prayer room so much. Every now and then at prayer room, it gets crazy. I'm telling you guys, it got so crazy like a month ago, I got scared. And I'm the pastor. And I was like, man, this is spooky. You know, like, I don't know what's going to happen. I was like, if anybody in here has a demon, they're about to manifest. I was like, it's going to happen. Like, <laughs> we're about to go full Africa. In here right now. I tell you, I preach in Africa, and when people have demons, they just bring them up to the front, throw them on the stage. I like that style of church. If you have a demon, come up at the end. Just jump on stage. We'll pray for you. I might have just invited chaos into my life, but. But we're warriors. And it it was getting so scary in here, man. I was like, I'm about to go up to the mezzanine or something like it's getting spooky in here. And I felt like the spirit told me, no, no, step closer. Step closer. When you feel fear, charge towards it. That's the mindset of a warrior. Instead of retreat, you run in the direction of fear. Because here's the thing, a spirit of fear is just a demon that's afraid. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to the front. And then I felt like I was supposed to just watch how everybody responded. And it's not that anybody responded good or bad. I'm not watching people perform. But I did feel something from the spirit that was like, hey, look at the folks who are like rumbling right now, they'll get in the foxhole with you. And there were a few people, y'all were scaring me. But I took note of that because I know that's what God's building as part of our family. Not everybody's got to go all in all the time. It's not that. That's not what I'm suggesting, okay? But I do believe that the DNA that God has for the house is a warrior DNA. And so fasting is just a part of our routine around here. If it's not for you, you don't like it, you don't get it, just hang out for a while and eventually you'll become a faster also. If you're like, now I'm gonna set this one out. I just wanna watch and witness what God does. I dare you to set it out from the standpoint of, I dare you to watch because here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna hear testimonies come out of the family. You're gonna hear praise reports. You're gonna hear about random breakthroughs. You're gonna hear about spontaneous miracles. You're gonna hear about things that you did not expect come out of this house over the next 21 days. And you're gonna say, man, I wish I would have fasted. I'm gonna jump in on the next one. You might just declare your own 21 day fast and that's fine with us too. But this is how I grew up. I grew up around uh, people who fasted. And you know, uh, I also, once I got into ministry, I was around people whom my offended, uh, my fasting offended them. You guys ever had that experience before, right? And what I learned through that experience was that the passionate always offend the apathetic. There's something about the personality of the aggressive uh, that disrupts the stationary. There's just something about it. Like if you're going to be a warrior, you're going to be somebody who fast, there's always going to be somebody not far behind that's going to try and talk you out of your zeal. And they're going to say things, it like, hey, don't take all that. You ain't got to worship like that, Joseph. You don't have to fast like that. It don't take all that. Listen, they don't know your circumstance. They don't know your situation. They don't know where you came from. They don't know what you started with. They don't know who Jesus is to you. They don't know the deliverance that you found in the father. Is he worth it or or not? Because he's worth way more than 21 days. And it's not for you. Although you benefit from it. It's for the one that we sang about this morning, the wounded one, Jesus. And here's what's gonna happen. I promise you, you're gonna offend some people if you choose to fast. I'm not suggesting you have to not eat for the entire 21 days, but I am suggesting that you find within the next three weeks a window of time, which is an invitation from God as to when He might be calling you to fast. But here's what's gonna happen you're gonna offend some people. Just a part of it. Somebody's gonna be mad because you are not eating what they cooked at the reunion. How are you not going to eat Mammaw's peach cobbler? You always eat Mammaw's peach cobbler. Not today. Y'all, y'all know that meme. Devil, get behind me. Sorry, I'm stupid. I'm, this is just me. I just. <laughs> Family talk. Family talk. But here's what I can also guarantee you. Uh, Not only are you going to offend some people, but there's going to be somebody that's going to make your favorite food and bring it to your house. It's going to happen. It always happens. Every time I start a fast, I wake up wanting Cracker Barrel. It's like even your flesh is like, bro, pancakes, you can't do it. You guys know what I'm talking about. By the way, did y'all notice the monstrosity in the parking lot? I would just like to apologize for those of you guys who come, you came here because you signed up for a sauna on Sunday. My bad. You're not going to be able to sweat it out this week. We got a little cooling happening in here. So, um, bless God for Spencer because Spencer made all that happen this week. So you guys can be cool in here. But, but here's what I, here's what I, are you guys getting tired of my stories yet? I know what time it is. I'm just... We're just talking. I'm going to talk to us, say something today. So here's the thing. So um, <laughs> let's go. Um, so one time when I was in Texas, I was fasting all the time when I was in ministry school. And there was a guy who was a leader in my life that would always try to dismay me from fasting. And, I, and looking back now with all due respect and honor. And, and he's a wonderful guy. I, I think that my fasting may have been offending him. He's like, bro, I'm supposed to be leading you and you're like kind of hungrier than me, like that happens. Right. And so there were times I'd be going to pray be like, no, you can pray later, go set up chairs. And sometimes that's what I needed to hear. But I remember specifically, there were moments when he'd try to talk me out of fasting and he was like, Hey man, come over for this birthday party tonight. My wife, uh, is going to be cooking Brazilian food. And, uh, that's hard to pass up. Um, you smell the garlic from the street, man. It's so good. And she, he was like, uh, my wife is going to cook Brazilian food and, and come over and eat. Don't worry about your fast. It's all good, man. Just come over. And I was like, no, man, I think I'm supposed to stay on the fast. I really feel like the Lord spoke to me. And he said, he, he, he was mentioning uh, our pastor. We called him Bishop. And he said, well, Bishop said that if every time he broke a fast, he had a dollar, he'd be a rich man. And I was like, well, that's my pastor, you know, and he's 85. And like, I mean, if you're 85, you probably have broken a few fasts in your life, right? (laughs) But I was thinking to myself, well, if Bishop uh, could break a fast, surely I could break a fast. After all, this guy's my leader and I would like to eat some Brazilian food, Lord. And and I was in the car and I was on my way home and I was rationalizing breaking the fast, right? Because that's what we do whenever we get hungry. We start to rationalize with our intellect why we shouldn't sacrifice on behalf of the Lord. And we even quote Scripture, well, He's full of grace. He wouldn't want me to do this. <laughs> Did he call you on it? <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna go there here in just a little bit. But I remember I was I was driving and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, stay on the fast. His anointing's not your anointing. Yeah. You gotta pay for your own oil. And I know who I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but there are no rebates. I mean, I wish I could sit up here and tell you there's going to be a black Friday sale that heaven's going to run on the anointing, but there's not going to be any discounts on the oil. The oil simply, it just costs what it costs. And if you want to carry it, you're going to have to pay a price. Jesus understood this, which is why the spirit led him into a garden called Gethsemane, which translated out means the oil press. And I've heard some of you guys praying, standing in here like, God, I want to be more anointed. I want to carry more oil. I want to walk in more grace. God, I want more favor. Yeah. Yeah. Favor. Favor ain't fair. Hallelujah. And the Lord's like, yeah, you're going to go on a fast then. (laughs) (laughs) I rebuked it. That's the Lord. He's telling you, uh, you're called, (laughs) to fast. We read it in the scripture. Jesus said, when, say it with me, when you fast, you know what that suggests to me? That Jesus expects you to fast. And the more anointed you want to be, you should expect him to ask you to fast a little bit more often. And I know that might not fit into our theological framework, but I read stories of revivalists like John Wesley that wouldn't even ordain a preacher unless they fasted twice a week. Twice a week, if they didn't fast on Wednesday and on Friday, you say, you can't preach with me, bro. You know why? Because we're going to get into some dangerous situations. We're going to get into some dark situations. We're going to get into some demonic situations. And I don't want some dude that's got all style and no substance when we run up against some demons. I said, I wasn't going to preach, but we're in it now. You guys know what I'm talking about. Who do I want to go with? Who, who do we want to go with? You know, who we, people who fast, people who are warriors, because I promise you, if we're going to inhabit and inherit every prophecy that has been spoken over your life, you're going to come up against some darkness and you're going to need some oil in that day. And so for the next 21 days, we've received an invitation from the Holy ghost to buy some oil. Come and buy. Without money, Isaiah fifty-five said. So it's your choice. I don't know about you, but I'm gonna get more anointed, and not because I want to show off. Because, but because I know, if we continue to follow Jesus down the path that we have, just like we talked about a couple weeks ago, the enemy's gonna have a little something to say about that because Pharaohs don't like being told what to do, and principalities and powers don't like giving up territory. But I want to be a part of the number, the family that looks at each other and says, we're warriors. And then we literally dismantle demonic strongholds and evict principalities out of geographic territories. Now I know, listen, I might be just like, talking too big for us, but listen, Jesus himself, go to this p- passage of scripture in, uh, in Matthew real quick. Uh, I think it, is it Matthew 17? It's that first one. Yeah. Matthew 17, 21. Uh, it says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and y'all read it fasting. fasting. So that means there was an authority that was given to the disciples that were willing to fast over demonic strongholds and demons, right? Y'all see that? So there's a reason why fasting is so confusing. Anytime anybody ever calls a fast, everybody wants to argue on whether or not fasting is actually a valid practice. And they'll even use scriptures to excuse themselves from sacrifice. They will. I've heard it. I've heard preachers do it. People do it. No disrespect. But I've heard people do it because they're like, I don't want to. It's uncomfortable. Absolutely. It's uncomfortable. It's hard. It's difficult. But in the process of obeying Jesus and following Jesus, we receive authority and power from Jesus to deal with the demons that Jesus dealt with. There's a reason why there's so much confusion surrounding fasting. It's because the devil cannot have you having clarity about the power of fasting because he knows what Jesus said, because fasting drives out demons. So the devil cannot have you fasting. He knows that when you push away the plate, his kingdom has to tremble because they're in trouble. We're warriors. (laughs) It's a little scary, but listen, it's going to be fun. It may not feel safe, but you know what? It's going to be good. And that's part of the adventure of saying yes to God and saying, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm in, I'm here for it because I want to trample upon serpents. I want to take territory for the kingdom. I want to be a part of the leadership of a generation that does something in this lifetime to impact history, to shake nations, to change the world, to do something significant, to see a move of God of biblical proportion. I want to be a part of that. I don't know if that's what you guys want to be a part of, but I didn't come here to play church and I'm not going to show up here week after week to play church. We're not creating a social club. This is a kingdom embassy in which real ambassadors are a part of and we're not consumers. We're contributors. And this is how we do that. God, keep trying not to preach, but it's happening. Okay, I gotta hurry up. Here's, all right, here's five. This, this is not necessarily my points, but it's five points before the five points, and I'm gonna hurry. Okay, this is just, this is real practical. It's real practical. It's the next one. Next one. We must know what God's Word says about fasting. We must know how to fast. Next one, please. We must ask God when to fast. We must ask God how long to fast. And we must commit to fasting. If you wanna take a photo, it's a great time. So, we must know what God's Word says about fasting. No, 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 go back, please. I'm so sorry. No, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, We must know what God's word says about fasting. (laughs) Ian, I'm keeping you on your toes today, bro. We must know how to fast. We must ask God when to fast. We must ask God how long to fast. And we must commit to fasting. Listen, um, I know we read the scripture about about like, we're not announcing our fast to the world uh, because our motivation is not to show off, okay? But we are participating in a corporate fast with our church. So it's natural that some people are gonna know including us in here. All right. And so if you want to share with each other, here's what God spoke to me, right? That's a good thing. All right. I don't want you to feel like, um, that your fast has to be private despite the fact that it should be personal, right? Share it with each other, pray over each other, lay hands on each other, have some Bible studies together over the next three weeks during dinner time, when you normally would eat, come around the table, but feast on the word of God, right? Let's do that together. Amen. So let's do that together. So uh, I'm going to be doing uh, a seven-day full fast. Uh, I'm actually going to start today just because I I enjoy starting on Sundays. And also, you know, I think it's proper that I at least attempt to go in first. If I'm asking you guys to fast, I'm going to go ahead and start now. Amen. Uh, Allison and I are taking the kids uh, school shopping after this. Then we're going to go to the Cheesecake Factory. Hallelujah. And that's going to be the last meal. Right, when, you, when you eat at the Cheesecake Factory, do you ever feel like you're doing a Bible study? Because the menu is so big, bro. I'm like, how do they expect me to pick a cuisine? I'm like, there's like multiple nationalities here. It's like all kinds of different foods. So I felt like that was the proper way to kick off our fast. You know, just finish there, you know, one more meal. So that's what I'm going to do. And then after that, I'm going to do a Daniel fast. All right, for the rest of the time uh, that we're together. So we'll talk about that in a little bit here's what God's word says about fasting number one is fasting is hard all right let's show a scripture real quick uh, fasting is hard um, in psalm uh, 35 David said I afflicted myself with fasting this is what fasting is biblically fasting is afflicting yourself anybody who's ever fasted say amen, amen. because you're hungry Like you're excited on day one, like day one is so exciting, you're giving your stomach a little little rest, you're pumped with passion, then you wake up day two with a headache. And then day three, it kind of gets worse, and then like day seven, you get a little breakthrough, and then day 14, you're like, dear God, I wish the time would hurry along, all right? It is hard, it is hard, but that doesn't mean it's not good. Amen. So he said, I afflicted myself with fasting. I prayed with my head bowed on my chest. Let's go back to the points. That's actually point two is that fasting humbles. Uh, David talked about how fasting feels. And then he also talked about what fasting does. Fasting humbles. Fasting is an antidote for your arrogance. All right. All right. Uh, The great physician has written you a biblical prescription for your ego. Fasting. It's true because it's hard to be arrogant while you're hungry. You'll get in touch with your humanity real quick and you'll recognize that you're just as dependent as the next human is on sustenance from your provider. So fasting humbles. All right, let me move through this kind of quick. I know what time it is and I, I... you guys are already ready to, now you're hungry. We're talking about fasting. People are like, I got my crock pot on, bro. You're going to have to hurry up. Okay. Number three. Uh, no, we don't do crock pots. We're millennials. I got my instant pot, man. Set on a <laughs> fasting requires focus. Let's go to the next scripture, please. This is Daniel. Then I turned my face to the Lord God uh, Daniel's referring here to his focus, right? So he's refining his focus to not look at other things, but to look in the direction of the Lord God. Whatever time the Holy Spirit calls you to fast in the next 21 days, here's what you're doing. You're, you're intentionally changing your focus. You're not looking at all of the abstract things you have in the past, but you're saying for this season of consecration, my primary focus will be solely the face of Jesus. And if I don't see anything else during this season, I will see him, right? And seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy, everybody say petition. Please for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. This is going to be the next point. You can go ahead and go to that. Uh, when you fast, pray specific prayers. Daniel said, listen, I'm going to write please and I'm going to ask please uh, for mercy, right? So what I want to ask you to do is during the time that you're fasting, I want you to write down, commit to paper what you want God to do in your life and expect God to do something supernatural while you're fasting in this season of consecration. All right, specific All right. Uh, One last uh, point on this is when you fast, exchange normal times of pleasure for prayer and seeking God. Let's do one more uh, scripture from Daniel, please. Uh, Daniel six says, then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any, y'all say that word with me. Listen, here's the temptation. Whenever you fast, Uh, The temptation is to fill your schedule with distractions. That's not fasting. That's dieting. (laughs) I knew I was going to get into some trouble today. Uh, So when you would be, how much time do you guys spend? in on food. I spend a lot of time. I spend a lot of time thinking about food. I don't know about you, but I'm just thinking about what I'm going to eat later. What you want to eat later? I don't know what you want to eat later. What you craving, man? I don't know what, I, what you think you want to eat later. And then you have these discussions. Uh, and if you're like my wife and I, we can never decide on where we're going to eat. We're just kind of back and forth. We should try that. We should try that. We should try this, you know? So you spend all this time thinking about food. Then you got to go to the grocery store. You spend all this time shopping for your food. Then you got to come back home and you spend all this time cooking your food. Then you eat the food. And if you ate at home, you got to spend all this time cleaning up after your food. And then you go to the couch and watch some entertainment while you're digesting your food. So the great news is when you fast, you get all of that time back. Fasting is a method of efficiency. (laughs) So what do you do during that time? You exchange normal times. It's 0.5 there. Normal times of pleasure, what you would be doing for entertainment with prayer and seeking God. So instead of pulling up YouTube and watching somebody barbecue while you fast, don't do it. All right. It's... (laughs) It's a different type of affliction, but I can promise you I've done it. And that's not what we're supposed to do on a fast. You're watching cooking videos <laughs> like you're you're preparing your menu for when you break your fast and you're hungry for things you never dreamed about eating. Well, I'll watch this video on how to deep fry a, a Cornish hen. And, uh, and so so I'm planning my menu out for seven days. I'm going to deep fry some Cornish hens when I break this fast. don't do that to yourself. Y'all good? Can we move on? Okay. Listen, um, I never gave you a definition of fasting. I usually do that when I kick off any topic. Let me give you a quick definition. Then we'll move on. Um, Simply fasting is putting away things you find pleasure in for the sake of God. Okay. So that means that you can fast social media. You can, Um, I'm going to say that that would be a fast of principle Where we borrow biblical principles about fasting and apply it to our life today, it would be a biblical principle that we can fast anything that brings us pleasure for the sake of seeking God. However, biblically, let me give you a stronger biblical definition biblically, fasting is abstaining from food. Everybody say food. food. Biblically, you're gonna see that people fast food. You know, Peter doesn't fast Instagram. Although I suppose he could had they had it. So I'm not telling you not to fast social media. But what I am saying is don't fast social media if the spirit is asking you uh, to move towards him in a biblical fast by not eating food. Don't just take the low hanging fruit because that's what you do all the time. I want to challenge you and invite you to try fasting food. Okay, now I'm not a doctor. I don't pretend to be one on stage. Consult with your doctor or your medical professional before you go on a fast if you need to. But don't give me a list of unreasonable excuses for why you're not gonna fast, but dress them up in the validity of scientific language. Like if you don't wanna fast, just say you don't wanna fast. Well, I can't fast because, well, did you ask the Lord? What did he say? Well, go ask your doctor, see what he says. Listen, just don't try to wiggle out of fasting just because it's uncomfortable. Biblically, it is supposed to be hard. Am I okay to say that? Okay. So I've covered my basis with my disclaimer. So don't DM me. All right. Biblically, fasting is abstaining from food and possibly drink for a limited period of time as a mark of religious devotion. It may also be an expression of repentance of sin. With that being said, possibly, this is from the dictionary of Bible themes. Um, Don't fast fast water, just don't do that. All right. When you're fasting, you need to drink more water, drink at least eight of these. I'm going to go ahead and double down and say 12 to 16. All right. And so if you want to fast, you don't know how to fast. You're like, okay, I want to fast food. I'm only talking about food right here. I'm feeling the need to rush through this because I understand it's 1240, but can you guys give me 10 more minutes? All right, I want to equip you well, okay? And it's pretty normal that we have two-hour services, so you guys are okay. Um, I, okay, I want to fast, but how? All right, here, here's, some, here's some ways. We're only going to be doing this forever in heaven, by the way, so I mean, might as well get a little practice. Um, water only fast, all right? So that's no food and water only, all right? That's uh, biblically um, in the early church, historically, this is how most of the church, uh, fasted. Okay. And so if you've never done a water only fast and you feel called by God to be a water, to do a water only fast, I want to suggest that you do uh, a day fast, which would be 6 AM to 6 PM. Give it a shot work into it. If you've never fasted before, don't be like, I ain't eating for 21 days. Listen, you're going to set yourself up for failure. Most likely, uh, start with a different kind of fast, which we'll get to here. So a, a juice fast would be no food, water, and juice. If, if you are planning to do this, Listen, there are dietary benefits to fasting, but don't go on a juice fast because you're trying to lose weight and call it spiritual. Just like there are some benefits to that, but do it for the Lord, not just for your image. Okay? there's nothing I'm not saying not to juice fast, but I'm just saying keep it rooted and grounded in what God has called you to do. Okay? so that's the added benefit. All right. But a juice fast is no food and water and juice. You can do this. Uh, You're not going to find this in Scripture. I'm just giving you principles that will be helpful for you. Okay, so you can decide on what type of fast you want to do. If you are going to do a juice fast, please do not drink a bunch of acidic juices while you are fasting. Uh, Drink something that's a little bit more calm for your stomach. Okay, take it from me. I have learned this by experience. You do not want to be drinking a bunch of like O.J., all right, maybe apple, a little bit better, okay? A little bit better on the gut, all right? I'm trying to, I'm trying to protect you so that you don't spend half of your workday in the toilet. Uh, full fast, all right? Uh, full fast is no food and water and other liquid drinks only. So I'll leave it up to your discretion. Perhaps you'd like to still enjoy coffee uh, while you're fasting or uh, maybe you wanna have another type of juice or a hot tea or something like that. That is fine, but what... what what I'm not talking about is taking solid foods and putting them in the Vitamix and then eating them with a spoon to call that fasting. That's not, in my opinion, you know, don't shoot me, but that is not really fasting. Listen, my roommate in ministry school, we were on a fast together and homeboy was blending up chili and drinking it (laughs) like I'm fasting, bro. I'm like one that's disgusting all right you have black you have a black bean mustache this is gross bro two that is not fasting you went to bed full like you were you had a hearty meal (laughs) not fasting I, I just that's my opinion you can be upset with me if you want Uh, But I just don't think that's a fast. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, And that is what I'm going to be doing for the next seven days. All right. So if you wanted some context on what, hey, what's your pastor doing? This is what I'm doing for the next seven days. I'm doing a full fast. Okay. Uh, Then there's the day fast. This is sun up to sundown fasting. This is also referred to as Jewish fasting. Uh, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. is a good rule of thumb. All right. So if you want to do a day fast for the next 21 days or three days or one day or, you know, whatever you feel. Okay. We're not requiring anything. Whatever you feel, all right? But if you'd like to choose this fast, that's what that is. A partial fast. How many of you guys have done intermittent fasting before? I've done some intermittent fasting. Skip a meal, right? Uh, this would be a partial fast. Maybe for the next, maybe for seven days, you're going to say, hey, I'm not going to eat breakfast. And instead of, you know, my, uh, my hotcakes and sausage drive through moment on the way to work, I'm just going to, um, I'm just going to spend that time in prayer. Okay? Drink water. Right. Uh Daniel fast. All right. This is fruits and vegetables uh, only. Now, I know some people, they'll be like, I'm on a Daniel fast. And all they're really not doing is they're not eating savory meats. And they'll, like, make a loaded baked potato with everything but the bacon. And they'll put half a tub of ranch on there. I'm like, bro, this is not fasting, bro. Like, you're literally drinking a ranch smoothie right now. And uh, that's disgusting. Please don't do that to yourself. I'm actually not just asking you to, like, measure up to some type of spiritual, you know, position. That's not the point. I'm trying to save your gut health here. You're going to have diarrhea if you do that. And it's going to be bad. Mad. And I'm just gonna tell you, okay? I love you enough to tell you, please don't do that. All right? So I want you to pray and I want you to decide what kind of fast you're gonna do uh, at some point in time in the next 21 days. Now, there are biblical durations of fasting that I wanna look at super quick. Uh, The first one is going to be a one day fast. Okay, there were times where uh, people would fast in the Bible on the basis of their circumstance. There was uh, a a tragedy or something crazy happening. So they would fast Uh, or it was on the calendar. It was recurring and it was scheduled. I believe in scheduled fasting. I believe I just want to say that it is biblical. I know sometimes people are like, I'll fast when I feel like it. If I only fasted when I felt like it, guess how much I would fast? nada ever never right thanks josh you're gonna help me close here uh three days uh esther instructed jews to fast for three days paul also fasted for three days after his damascus encounter a lot of times what you'll see is multiplicatives of three people fast man i'm gonna fast three days six days twelve days you know, whatever, uh, more common is multiplicatives of seven, which is why we're doing three weeks. But Saul's been fasted for seven days in morning. And then David fasted seven days when his baby was sick. And then lastly, you have the 40 day fast. Uh, perhaps there's some people in here that have done 40 days in the Bible. Three figures, uh, did a 40 day fast. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that they all showed up at the Mount of Trans- transfiguration. Uh, because I really do believe if there is an invitation from the Holy Spirit for you to go on a fast for 40 days, there's a transfiguration that's included. Uh, Moses, Elijah, and Jesus all fasted uh, for 40 days. Uh, Some people ask, oh, can I fast longer than 40 days? Very few people ask that, but some people do. Um, I would suggest no. Um, I don't. I wouldn't suggest that. Like if the Holy Spirit calls you on it and you tell me God said, I'm not going to argue with you. Uh, But I do read that when Jesus fasted 40 days, the Bible says he became hungry. Uh, And then the angels came and ministered to him. Uh, Some scholars believe that the angels actually came and fed him. That was the part of the ministry. Uh, I don't know what they cooked for him. I think it may have been angel food cake, but preacher joke, just preach your jokes. Uh, but my memo, Martine used to make some angel food cake. That was the only thing she could make. It was, it was, it was all right. And uh, he became hungry. So for me, this is just my personal opinion. Uh, after 40, unless God calls you on it sovereignly, you're not fasting, you're starving. And uh, I just think you should do If that's what God says, 40, that's not what we're asking. It's not what we're implying. But for those of you who may feel called to do that, uh, you can do that. So uh, let me get back to this final point. Uh, When is now? When you fast, everybody say with me, when you fast. When is now? So here's the questions. What kind of fast are you going to do? Question to you. You don't have to respond, but I want you to think about it right now. What kind of fast are you going to do? Uh, How many days are you going to fast? Maybe you'll do one day. That's fine. That is fine. Maybe you'll do one day. Maybe do three days. That's fine. If you do three days, that's fine. Uh, What will you pray for during your fast? I want you to make that list. All right. If you're committing to fasting, we're kicking off on Tuesday. As a church, we're kicking off on Tuesday. If you're committing to fasting, please commit your petitions to paper and ask God Uh, to move in your life. I want you to remember as we are closing now uh, that this won't be easy. This will not be easy. Church, one of the greatest pleasures in life is to eat. All right. Literally, I schedule a vacation once a year to Disney World to go to the food festivals at Epcot. And I walk around every single country sampling their delicacies and it is glorious, and you know what? Sometimes that's what it means to be a warrior. Every now and then, you get to take time off with your kids, and you get to go to uh, Norway and have a school bread. Write that down. Next time you go to Epcot, don't miss it. But what kind of fast are you going to do? I, I I know that fasting is hard. It is difficult but it's needed, it's necessary to deny ourselves pleasures at times for the sake of God and to seek Him. It's worth it and He is worth it. And when we do this, we discipline our physical appetites and we bring our bodies un- under the su- subjection of the Spirit. That's what we do when, when, we, when we fast. Um, and when you fast, you also increase control over your life. You do, That's, that, it happens. Um, you, we all know that we are a spirit, but we live in a body, amen? Uh, God is the master of our spirits, but when we fast, God becomes the master of our bodies because so often our bodies control us. So fasting puts control back into the hands of your spirit. All right, how was that for a family talk on fasting? It's good, cool. Listen, if, if, if you're in the midst of a war right now, man, God's got your number. If you're right in the middle of a battle, man, God brought you to this place for such a time as this today. This might not be your home church. You might just be visiting from out of state or something, but I really believe that God has brought you here today for such a time as this. For those of you who are in the middle of a war right now, This word is for you. It's an invitation to more of him. This is an invitation for more anointing. This is an invitation for breakthrough. This is an invitation for overcoming. This is an invitation for stepping into a place of victory. And listen, guys, I know we could look around for those of you guys who call this place home. I know we could look around and we could say, man, look at the success of Sunday morning. Look at the success of our kids ministry. Look at the success uh, of our YouTube. Look at the success of our Spotify plays. Look at the success of what God is doing. Look at the success of our conference. Listen, we don't care about any of that. I told you guys at 900 Gallatin, long before we ever moved over here, we don't care about anything but... Jesus and Him receiving His glory. And this is why we're fasting. We don't care. It's not about any of those things. We're keeping the main thing, the main thing. We are enthroning Jesus as the central focus of everything that we do here as a family. And that's why we're fasting. Let's keep our focus on him. Let's not get distracted. It's easy to get distracted by failure. It's even easier to get distracted by blessing. We choose to get distracted by nothing but Jesus. We'll waste all of our time on Jesus. We'll stay completely locked into Jesus because he's the only one worthy of that affection, that devotion, that attention. And we're committing the next 21 days to him. So I want you to join me in that commitment. If you don't mind to stand as we're closing, we're going to pray Lord Jesus. We call out to you right now. and We ask that you would bless the next three weeks together. Uh, we're coming before your throne of grace boldly this morning, and we're asking for help. Would you help us? Would you put the endurance of Jesus in us? The same endurance that you had as you carried the cross up the mountain of the skull, would you put that same endurance in our spirits, Lord, so that we would not get weary and faint on the way, God, but that we would stay strong, sustained by supernatural bread that could only come from your presence. Jesus, we give you this time and we declare that every petition shall come to pass. There shall be an impact On every petition, I'm telling you, church, write it down because there's going to be impact on your petitions. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would bring up and bring about petitions right now in Jesus name that people need to write down and commit to over the next 21 days, praying into it. God, we ask for your breakthrough and we ask for your blessing. This is all for you, God. This is all for you, God. We commit to Thanks for tuning in to the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.